Art of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, it's now Black Friday. Where will you be when this show goes on the air? Not shopping. Not shopping. I assure you that I am a Cyber Monday person. Uh, as much as we love our listeners, we are going to enjoy a little family time, but we did want to give a, a new show for you, so we're recording this on Wednesday, <laughs> so we won't have some of the stuff that happens on Wednesday night and Thursday, but we'll have plenty of stuff well, here, to go here's with. here's the deal is we do our own load management, but we still play the same number of games. <laughs> How's that? Are you a supporter of load management? I hate load management. <laughs> uh, before we get started, we didn't get to it on last week's show. I want to talk at the beginning. You slept out to raise awareness for homelessness with Covenant House and the Philadelphia Phillies. We talked about it leading up to the show, uh, to your sleep out. We had Larry Boa on to talk about it. I want to hear your experience, how it went, what you raised. Tell me everything. We, as a group, raised over half a million dollars. So to, to, to everybody who donated that's been listening to the show, uh, we really appreciate it. It, it. it really does make a difference. Uh, I, I've seen it firsthand, and you shouldn't stop. I mean, this, should, this is not something you only need to donate to one time a year. And for people that are interested in getting involved, you too can sleep out, maybe on a warmer day than we do. Uh, and a lot of people who listen to the show and who we've met along the way doing the show did support. And that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out again to, to Dan Esposito, who wrote me into this two years ago. And he was back there with the NFL Alumni Association. Larry was there. Charlie was there. The, the Phillies had a, a large front office contingent, raised over $45,000. Um, Charlie and Larry spoke spoke to the group. There were about 200 people who slept out. Uh, and Charlie and Larry went right to sleep like that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video of Charlie in his sleeping bag. He was just... Uh, All bundled up. Did anybody, any of the, the kids speak to you guys this year? I know last year you talked about the impact that that made on you. Yeah, well, this year was it was a little bit different in that uh, they talked about a different issue, which was human trafficking and the amount that goes on in Philadelphia. So for people out there that think this, is, this happens other places other than here... The amount that goes on in the Philadelphia area is, is kind of terrifying. And if somebody comes up to you and asks you for help, call the authorities. And all things considered, you were lucky this year in terms of weather. Well, it got a little cold, but you weren't no in the snow. No, there was no you snow. in the no rain like, like the year before. So and I did fall asleep. You fell asleep? I, I am And your boots didn't split this year? Did, it, it only went down to about 40. So it was actually, you know, much better than the nor'easter we had last Seemed year. Seemed to get a lot of coverage for what was going on too on the news which I thought was cool yeah and I think that it should get coverage anyway but I but I think the Phillies being involved certainly helped the situation and raised awareness and how much did Jeff Cohen raise himself uh, a little over six thousand dollars look at you yeah look at you so and by the way I didn't realize the Phillies history with this goes back a while so this this precedes Charlie and Missy getting involved by the way Charlie's wife was absolutely incredible Missy um, and is a large reason why the Phillies are involved in it, but this dates back to Raul Abanez, and when Raul left here, he turned it over to Charlie 
and messy. So um, it's another thing that, you know, we always talk about what athletes and teams do. This is another example of what they do and don't get any credit for it and don't ask for any credit for it. I mean, Raul Obanez was doing this as, as something he was interested in, and nobody really knew about it. Well, I would say good on you, good on the Phillies, all the participants, everybody who helped raise half a million dollars to make sure that uh, kids don't have to be out on the streets sleeping, that they can get an opportunity to get up. And uh, good job, man. Thank you. Uh, then after that, it went to the weekend, and you went to the Eagles game. Well, the first thing I did was Friday night I went to the Sixers game. Yeah, how did you stay awake for that? struggled to stay awake for the Sixers game. So um, I made it through that Sixers game. Sixers did win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Embiid did score points. They, he and, did. And we'll <laughs> get to what he did in a minute. <laughs> and, and then went to the Eagles game on Sunday, which was a whole different experience. All right. So I don't even know where to start, but I do know that I texted you during the game about something, and you texted me back, wait till you till I tell you about who sat next to me. Okay. So you didn't tell me anything more, mm-hmm. and I've waited days to hear about what happened. Okay. So that don't you're not going to hear any story about a celebrity or anything what you're going to hear a story as we were sitting in in section 207 if anybody's listening who sat in this section you'll know exactly what i was talking about and there was a guy who literally from the first offensive series was yelling about carson wentz take him out of the game don't let him play ever again every expletive under the sun and just kept going he was relentless in his pursuit of getting rid of him there were people around him arguing to him and trying to explain to him logically which in these situations never works but just saying to him who are you going to put in in his place who would you like to be the quarterback that didn't work so then they did other things well he had as you often do a full zip hoodie on and i leaned over to to my son and said wouldn't it be hilarious if he had a carson wentz jersey on under there because eventually we asked him to unzip the sweatshirt and lo and behold he's got an authentic carson wentz jersey (laughs) which was even funnier because his buddy was wearing a nick Foles jersey so (laughs) look i'll be honest wentz gave him a little ammunition on sunday he did not have one of his finer games and i well but you know there are reasons in general yeah i'm a carson wentz defender and supporter yeah as in fact i believe i've seen you wear a Wentz wagon t-shirt yes, but we talked about this on last week's show and it continued he does not look set with a stable base and he's overthrowing open throws he's holding on to the ball too long now yeah by the way he almost cost me my my fantasy league this week he did cost me in one yeah, fantasy because he he overthrew miles sanders a couple times where he had open swing passes he did yeah. and miles sanders you know should have been more effective look mm-hmm. if i would have told you going in that the eagles would hold the seahawks to what they did in that game you'd have expected a win Absolutely. I mean, the defense came to play. But here, here's the problem, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge Wentz guy anyway. I like him, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's great. He's missing his top three receivers. Yes. He was missing his number one running back. 
you had Jay Ajayi in there who hasn't played in a year. See who was the best receiver in that game? My boy Greg Ward. Oh, well, so so that's he made okay. it in the game, so, Jeff. So that's another thing. You you literally your top receiver as you're sitting there grinning was a guy who played quarterback for the University Look, of Houston. I, three I've been years bitching all ago. season. I don't want Mac, Mac Hollins on the field. I want Greg Ward out right. there. So at least I finally got something. Okay, and then you have Willane Johnson out. Yes. And you have Brooks out because he had an anxiety. Attack. I want to talk about that so shortly too. I want to talk football first. Right. And then we'll talk life after. So so all that being said, I understand. And Jordan Howard out. Yeah. So so you now have you're missing two guys on your offensive line, and the guy they put in to replace him was so bad they brought in Vitae like immediately after that. Yeah. So you you had him exposed, and I saw as soon as his hand hurt, I saw him walking off the field holding his hand, and so on his throwing hand he also had a bruise. He was struggling long before that, though. Yeah, but take all that into account. And, by the way, it was wet and cold and windy. So I've I've given you the critique of Wentz, the concerns that I saw there. Mm -hmm. Now for the rest of it, everything else that was going on around him on that field that day. Um, Dan Orlovsky did a breakdown. I don't know. Did you happen to see it afterwards? So he did a breakdown afterwards, and he had just four plays where the wide receivers, the most basic fundamental things, they just couldn't do right. Mm -hmm. Um, What is going on with the wide receivers coach on this team? I I don't know. How can you blame the wide receivers coach? Because you have, you I happen have to not believe wide receivers. I happen to not believe that your high quality wide receivers weren't producing when they were healthy, and I question whether they're high quality. Which ones? Uh, I don't put Nelson in a high quality. He hasn't improved at all, other than his outlier year. Well, maybe he's not. A, and by I the, don't happen to believe he's high quality, but they're the ones that preach to me that they have all the weapons they need and they're totally good. And then when you have a game like this, everybody comes back at me and then goes, "He didn't have any weapons." All right. Well, so I'm not going to take any credit for this but but i but i did receive a text today from from a buddy of mine who who said that nelson aguilar is getting married now and that the reason he's probably getting married is because he finally wants to get a reception oh god (laughs) i didn't know you were going to tell a bad joke like that on the air i don't have the drums ready wentz was 33 no 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 hold on so who are your good receivers deshaun jackson's been hurt virtually all season alshon when he's played has not looked like Alshon looks disinterested at times. Exactly. He looks like he just doesn't care. Well, that's the thing. His best, I've, t- I've told you this multiple times, his best receivers are out of the backfield and his tight ends. Well, so what is Wentz supposed to do? How can you blame the wide receivers coach for having garbage wide receivers? I don't think that you, they've done... Jordan Matthews back for the God knows how many times. I don't think that... I don't think the they've done anything to have their young guys improve. Apparently, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's now going to get on the field over Mac Hollins. How many b- balls has he dropped this year? Well, the Eagles in general. Okay, well, off. that's, th- I mean, the only way you can blame the wide receivers coach is if he's not slapping stick them on their hands. I mean, what is he supposed to do? He can't, be, there's nothing he can do. I didn't with say the I blame the wide receivers the coach. I, I think that everybody has to be questioned what they're doing and what's going on. You haven't seen improvement at any of these positions, and that's what concerns me about it. There's N- nothing to improve. These wide receivers I was are not told going to they had all they needed. 
Who told you that? Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. They oh. told me they had what they needed this season. So I can only I critique to, what's on the it. field. I hate to use this. It might be fake news. <laughs> Wentz completed <laughs> just 33 of 45 passes for 256 yards. He had two interceptions, two lost fumbles. Yep. Almost lost another That's fumble. the thing that drives me nuts is the lost fumbles. He's got to cut down on those. He seems to just hold on to the ball. And, and by the way, when I was looking. When, when he's holding on to the ball, there's nobody open. So that's part of the problem. But he has to know when to get rid of it. Good quarterbacks have a timer in their head and know exactly that if I don't have a receiver open, i got to get rid of the ball. And he seems to instead step up into the middle of the pocket where there's all this traffic and arms swinging all over the place, and he keeps getting fumbles. Their five turnovers are the most under. Doug Peterson in the most in six years. The last time they had five turnovers in a game, Andy Reid was the coach against the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013. Uh, the defense only gave up 14 first downs. They've given up 17. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go off of Carson Wentz in the offense, I got another gripe, another issue with Carson Wentz. I thought it wasn't his fault. It's no, he no, has no, no weapons. This is, a ge- this is a general statement. Okay. He's going to get himself killed. Have you noticed that he does not ever slide feet first? Well, that's how he got his injury in the first place. He slides a lot head first. That's a coaching issue. At some point, a coach has got to say to him, don't worry about the extra yard. You cannot dive head first all the time. You're going to get your head taken off. You're going to hurt your – you're going to land on your arm. There's all sorts of things that can happen as opposed to just sliding. So the guy in your section at the game, you clearly clearly can't negotiate with him on the merits of Wentz. Uh, Yeah, he was gone by the is there a section of the fan base that hasn't decided they either love him or hate him? Or is this just basically politics right now where I'm in the Wentz camp, I'm in the not Wentz camp, and then I won't be changed? I, I think there's probably a very small minority of people that are still sitting there saying somehow they should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. And then the majority Do you happen of to see what Jacksonville's saying about Nick Foles? <laughs> They're not terribly thrilled right, right. now. So, but but the thing is, is with is with Carson Wentz is he has shown flashes of being a very good quarterback. The question is whether or not the fan base realizes that it's not all him, it is partially him, and that he's going to have to, in the offseason, they're going to have to make sure that they have the right pieces around him, especially protection. And then if he doesn't do it next year without the with protection, then he's going to have a problem. Lane Johnson's been cleared to practice. He should be through concussion protocol. You'd think he'll be back this week. Um, we'll see how Brandon Brooks is with his anxiety. Again, I'm going to get to that shortly because you know that's a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's, wait, let's get back to the defense. I know you say the defense played well. They gave up. First of all, do you want the good or the bad? Well, no, I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I saw, and this is what I heard from almost everybody around me, including a 17-year-old who seemed to know on almost every passing play who the ball was going to. So, and I'm not telling you that he is he is a savant. What I'm telling you is is that multiple people were yelling, it's going to this guy, and the reason it was going to that guy was because it was one-on-one with Darby. And, and, <laughs> I was going to ask what the reaction of Darby was because he played pinball on that touchdown about 20 yards out. Yeah, but... Where instead of trying to tackle, luck, he yeah, bounced no. off. He, every time he... If he is on single coverage without a safety cheating in that direction that's where the ball went 
Almost they, every time. In fairness, Seahawks should have had more. They had overthrows to drop passes. Oh, I know. Did DK, everything. DK Metcalf dropped a lot of balls. Who, again, since you've sucked me into this wanted, fantasy thing, he oh, was he's on, on your fantasy team, too? team. Yeah. Oh, you just got killed this week, didn't no, you? I still won. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Mr. Mr. Modesty. Uh-huh. Um, Playoffs, here I come. It, the Seahawks did everything they could to give away this game. Yeah. They did I not. I mean, Russell Wilson did not play great, except, I mean, he had a couple beautiful passes, but. Can, can I give you a pet peeve? You can uh, say I'm the old one on the show now. Good. Can we not do the team celebration in the end zone down 17-3? You know, I haven't seen a lot of team celebrations this year. Have you? And then all of a sudden. The defense w- does it after touchdown, after like big plays on different teams. There was a lot of posing. It, it annoyed me. Yeah. It's Look, you want to do it. You're winning. Okay. You're down 17-3. Come on. <laughs> and Jim Schwartz said he's okay with it. I get it. But mm-hmm. it's just not my thing. Well, the Seahawks were doing it. Am I aging in front? of you is that what what's happening uh yeah there's, there's some more gray hair you're gonna tell me to yeah. get off your lawn uh-huh. is that what's happening to me you're the one with the lawn let's talk brandon brooks for a second okay. because uh the range of opinions has been varied you've you have what's traditionally been the reaction of he took a huge contract and if he can't play he shouldn't be on the team and he needs to man up and that's been the wait is it this only the fifth game that he's missed due to this it is. Okay. And that's the traditional reaction. But I saw a lot more balance this time of people saying, you know what, good for you for being open about it mm-hmm. and telling their own story about anxiety. I actually yeah. haven't, I have not run into one person who complained about it, which I'm kind of surprised. You haven't at. looked on Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've made a conscious decision that I don't look at comments on Twitter. Yeah, don't yeah. read the comments. Uh-huh. It's, but, you know. But good, those people are just angry in general. He's doing more for people people by standing up there and talking about the challenges that he has than I can ever explain through this microphone. What I was surprised at was hearing him after the day after saying that describing how he was going through his normal pregame routine. He throws up with Lane Johnson in the morning. Yeah. That that was the part that surprised me that 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 his normal routine includes so much anxiety that he has to throw up before a game. Look, I'll be I'll be honest. I, I've talked to you about my own anxiety issues. I have no problem sharing it with our, our friends on the radio. I used mm-hmm. to wake up with anxiety in the morning, throwing up for mm-hmm. many years. It's so hard because you you're so because you're away. so weak afterwards. Right. So I can't imagine composing yourself after that to play a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have an understanding of that. I wish that there was an athlete at the time when I was having it to tell me that I wasn't abnormal, that I wasn't not being tough because I couldn't handle what was being thrown at me. So when I say he's doing more than people realize, just the fact that he's out there and he's talking about it and saying, look, I play in the toughest game in the world, and at the same time I have the same worries and anxieties every day it's a struggle and he's being very open about it and I continue to believe that the more that athletes are open and honest about it the more society will start to understand what other people are going through because there's this culture of toughness it's artificial toughness it's put on a brave face well it was it was the same thing with concussions as guys who just had oh don't worry about it it's just you had your bell rung yeah and 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 now it's become an issue you, the more athletes talk about a lot of these issues the better off we'll all be. 
<laughs> Eagles head to Dallas or to Miami no, no, this weekend. To, to Miami. Um, team struggling but playing better. Who Miami? Yeah, it's still Miami. It is. Don't 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 try to puff them up just in case they. So they the Eagles are going to win. There's nothing to worry about, right? Nothing to worry about. The okay. only the only thing I want to see is Devonte Parker with a lot of points because he's on your team. He's on my team. And so we go into the weekend <laughs> again. It's Wednesday, so we'll see what happens with Dallas on Thursday. Right. But they lost last week. Mm -hmm. Didn't look good. And it sounds to me like Jason Garrett's on the hot seat a little bit When, there. when was the last time Jason Garrett wasn't on the hot seat? Yeah, it what sounds year, like the temperature's turning up. And believe me, I'm a Jason Garrett fan because I just wanted to be on Dallas. Right. Like, I just, I wanted to be the coach oh, of the I Dallas Oh, I think it's going to get worse. I think Here's what I think is going to happen. Well, here's what I kind of hope is going to happen. And yes, you're going to tell me this is my Michigan bias is coming out. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll, uh, I'll... I love how you predict <laughs> my Michigan slice. Okay, here, here's what I want to happen urban meyer is is outwardly openly lobbying for this job you know it, it used to be taboo that you did not talk See, about i this didn't job. think there was any way that you could root more against the cowboys uh -huh. but i think that would do it oh yeah it would definitely do i it. think that would and, do it and, and i think that urban meyer would be a disaster in the nfl because he doesn't get to recruit 150 players all of which are the best players in this in each state that they're coming from he gets what seven to ten picks each year in a certain order and he's got to do it with those guys so good luck, Cowboys. Bring him in. I don't want Lincoln Riley there. I, 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 right, want, so I don't want Jason Garrett gone because I believe that he should stay with the Cowboys forever. Yeah, but how long can he survive? I hope till next year and the year well, after. Seriously, year how after. many years has he been there? I didn't think he'd and survive this not, long. They haven't made it to a Super Bowl. They haven't made a long run. Yeah, Jerry seems unhappy. Jerry's always unhappy. How could you actually tell Jerry's unhappy, though? His face is so pulled back. Exactly how are you going to tell what I'm not going to go and talk about people's looks. That's why we do a radio show. <laughs> but it's not really his looks. <laughs> Saints, Niners, and Patriots can clinch playoff spots this weekend. They haven't? <laughs> uh, Niners against the Ravens this yeah. week. That's the matchup I want to see. Yep. Ravens lost their center last week, which is a huge loss. Mm -hmm. But Lamar Jackson continues to make the NFL look silly with his dominance. All right. Well, here's some stats for you. 66.9% completion percentage 220 yards per game 24 touchdowns passing six touchdowns rushing only five interceptions and he's got 876 yards rushing in I mean, 11 games yeah it's insane he I mean, is is he uh, not the clear-cut mvp of the season is there anybody clearly close? he's clearly making a, a statement i mean before the season it was pat mahomes and pat mahomes and pat mahomes and that was it right and and so now it's lamar jackson and it would take some horrible act for him not to be the MVP this season. What he, he's doing is incredible, and everybody just keeps waiting for the guy to get hurt. Yeah, he's clearly making a statement, mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting. The NFL is a copycat league, and it's hard to find those talents, but you have teams like Kansas City finding Pat Mahomes and uh, Baltimore finding Lamar Jackson. And What does it say about John Harbaugh? John Harbaugh. I think was John Harbaugh is one of the best dead, coaches right? in the NFL. I love John Harbaugh when he was but the he special was the teams coach. He was here. on the hot seat last last year. He was, and it goes to show you, uh, you know, organizations that, that put faith in some of these coaches, they're rewarded with it. Now, sometimes it goes downhill and gets worse. Mm -hmm. But Baltimore was rewarded for their patience. But at the same time, he completely redesigned his team and his offense. Well, and got rid and of a, and got rid of a quarterback that won a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, 
the thing, though. They've designed this offense around the strengths of their quarterback. They're mm-hmm. not making him fit into what they wanted to run. Not only that, he's made RG3 useful. I Who never thought that. Happened? I never. Did you see the the backfield the three when Heisman they had Ingram? Yep. Uh-huh. Like that's pretty cool uh-huh. to to be able to see that. So uh, Steelers are going to bench Mason Rudolph this week. Go with Delvin Hodges. Well, they benched him last week. Yeah, he's going to keep sitting. So, uh, I don't know what that's about. I, I really don't, don't. I don't know what's going on there. I, there was a story that popped up this week that got my attention. Um, the XFL <laughs> blocked the Detroit really Lions. Came to your attention because you're a wrestling guy. I am a wrestling yeah. guy. By the way, Jim Ross has a book coming out in the mm-hmm. spring and I may call him to book him. He's a huge football fan too. He's a huge Sooners fan. Okay. Um, but I, but you may be tortured through an but we interview. We already had the Sooners head coach. No, no, but he's a wrestling guy. Uh, so uh, okay. I, I we're going to have a wrestling. So we're going to have a wrestling show? Oh, we are is definitely. Is that what you're saying? We are definitely having uh, a wrestling When show. is WrestleMania? It's around no April. Idea. Okay, so why don't you March, just April. do it around then? I won't be sleeping at that point. I'm going to have a second kid hopefully if, right. it, if everything works out and uh, you'll probably be doing For the show on auto Pilot with me. Uh, uh, that was your one shot. I, I was open about that. I will look forward show. to doing I don't know if his book will be out then. Yeah. But it's, he's working on it. Right. Um, but so the XFL blocked Josh Johnson. Uh, the, the Lions wanted to sign him. So I got a question. Yes. Is this where you draw the line if you're the XFL? Like if you're going to pick a fight with the NFL, why is it over a, a has-been who was and never was? I mean, why, why is Josh Johnson at his age with his minimal skills the guy that the xfl says no you can't have him. they drew the line who cares i don't know take them uh any you games, can't find anybody better any games look this we've week? tried out for basketball teams i'll go try out as quarterback you'll try out again for the xfl uh we'll what skip. team was he on uh I don't know. Right. Why do you ask me these questions on the uh, air? Because it's semi-wrestling. <laughs> oh, semi-wrestling. Yeah, that's Josh right. Johnson isn't a wrestler. <laughs> Any games that grab your attention this week on the NFL slate? Uh, I mean, the Thanksgiving games, obviously, will be, will be good and will be over by the time people hear this. But I think maybe the big one is the Patriots and the Texans. Okay. At Houston. That's a... Um, you got Bill, Bo- Bill O'Brien, the, the, the student against the master. Uh, you have two good quarterbacks. It'll be... In good weather because it'll be in a dome, so that could be a really good game. You got Vikings Seahawks on Monday night. Seattle back at home. They're a much different team when they're at home than mm-hmm. they are on the road. Uh, so that that could be. Yeah, good. but keep in mind, Seattle did have an advantage last week because this is the kind of, the kind of weather we had in Philadelphia. Is the kind of weather they have all the time in Seattle for football games. Yeah, they were. Prepared. So it wasn't that big a deal for them. Why don't we jump to college a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep talking a little football right now. Uh, you're Ohio. Wait, you don't want to talk about Jets and Bengals? You really want to go there? <laughs> the, the Jets put up 34 points last week. They put up like 100 points in the last three weeks. Here, here's the one I want. I'm hearing trash talk from my Jets friends yeah. because of how inept my offense is. How do you think that makes me feel, Jeff? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, Look, Eagles fans are smarter than Jets fans just by virtue of the fact that when Eagles chant, it's a six-letter word, and the Jets can only go with a four-letter <laughs> oh, word. How's that? Look at you there's, there's your, your There's your smack talk. Boy, but, I'm glad. By we, the way... How did Ryan Tannehill 
come off the scrap heap. Ryan Tannehill. He could do nothing with the Dolphins, and look what he's doing with he's uh, Tennessee now. Played well with Tennessee. Yeah, he's got them in a the playoff. Hunt. We'll see. We'll see if they keep it going. Mm-hmm. Can we talk NCAA now? I'm so glad that we went back to basketball talk about the or Jets football. There. Well, let's talk basketball for a second. There you go. Three number ones down already this season on Tuesday night. Stephen F. Austin goes into Duke and, and Duke beats them loses in overtime on a last-second crazy shot. Their first non-conference. Loss like in 150 years? games. It's like 18 years or yeah, something it, like it, that. It, it, it was quite the upset. It was it crazy really was. too because Stephen F. Austin was playing defense. Duke mm-hmm. had the ball and threw it away basically. About three quarters of their points were in the paint too. Yeah. They just dominated in the paint. Which, by the way, if Zion was still there, that wouldn't have happened. So, did you see the good story that came out of it? Other than if you're not a Duke fan, that somebody beat Duke. Well, there was also the Twitter story, which is which is uh, Stephen F. Austin. Austin and Evansville and UMBC were all tweeting to each other about whether they were up and what. I they saw were UMBC up. tweet you yeah. up. Uh huh. Um, I enjoyed that the point guard for for them, his family had their their church destroyed during the hurricane, I believe, in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and so he had a GoFundMe page that before the game started had raised twenty five hundred dollars. Now, when I looked at it this afternoon, uh, it had raised over sixty three thousand dollars. You said incredible. you said when you heard it, you thought the number was even higher than that um it really is again we we talk about the impact sports has on society and community a bunch of duke haters that was that that was like nothing there there was no pr people involved no marketing people involved nobody did anything it was just people watching a sporting event and deciding hey you know what it's the holidays i'm gonna decide they wanted to do a good thing so um and duke lost and duke lost for most of us it's a that's it's a double header so we'll have a, a new number one Rutgers basketball Ball is actually five and one this year. Yeah. Just like the, who, who have they played? They beat Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> did they really? They did by ten <laughs> last week. Look at the you! Round. You must be really <laughs> excited. Way to defend your home. Uh, look, I'm just saying. You know, beat the team that beat Duke. Yep. I'm just saying. But but you know what's good for Rutgers? At least the basketball team has a coach, right? Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Okay. First, I'm going to go Ohio State jumping LSU in the college playoff rankings. You think that was deserved? They play Michigan this week. Of course it's not deserved. Okay, no, no, no. Because not it's Ohio Jeff State. Ohio State hater, Michigan fan. Jeff, agnostic college football fan. I can't fan. do that with Ohio State. Come on. There's no way. I okay, can, I cannot do you have a partial. chance as Michigan to beat Ohio State this weekend? Uh, so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, I, I <laughs> you'll be quote, on, you're saying I, you'll be on the field. Th- with them. That's right. I, I can quote Dumb and Dumber and say so. The, the, everybody has a chance. Sure. So they jumped LSU. Alabama's still in f- at five right now. Right. Um, their backup quarterback looked good, but it's not. So a- so you know what's funny? I I so dislike Alabama, but the last couple of years, as a result of Alabama being in the playoffs, we've had our our, our college football analyst in. Adam Morgan. So I, I'm I'm really kind of hoping that Alabama's in the mix just so we can have him back because he. I, I mean, would just like to point out so that in the fun. same month, you basically rooted for Nick Saban and did a love fest for Bill Belichick on this show. I find both of those to be unacceptable. When did I do a love fest for? I can't even say. A love Tom fest. Brady and Bill Belichick consistency of their organization love fest a 
few weeks ago that I had to put a stop. Did I? Yeah, was I, I believe that on these, air? I believe that these little love letters to teams that aren't <laughs> acceptable are not good. So I'm just well, Tom. You know uh, Tom Brady's a Michigan guy. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So so let's get to Rutgers. Yes. All right. Football. If Rutgers football wasn't yeah. laughed at for their play on the field, mm-hmm. the way that they've handled this cur- coaching search is the most laughable thing I've ever seen. So what is going on? So tell. I I know he he walked away. So as of what, the weekend, what is the sticky? Point? As of the weekend, they thought they had a deal. They okay. were planning a press conference at the rack, planning the on four inviting million people. dollars a year deal or a four million deal? dollars a year for six years. Okay. Shiano came back and wanted an eight-year deal, saying right. that the extra two years represented a larger commitment. He wanted use of a private plane, <laughs> and he wanted uh, additional upgrades to different facilities. He right. did. He objected to some of the plans that were going on there. So what had happened was whoa, whoa, whoa. the athletic director, Pat Hobbs, had right. taken the original proposal to the Board of Governors at Rutgers for review. Right. They sort of balked at it at the time because, you know, you're coming in behind Chris Ash and all these boosters that said he was this great guy and they're still paying him money mm-hmm. for getting rid of him. So I don't know that the Board of Governors was totally on. They don't have any boosters that could just buy him out? Ash? Just wait because they may not have any boosters left if mm-hmm. they don't end up with Shiano as the coach. So, Shiano sends back that he wants the eight-year deal. Apparently, Hobbs never took it to the Board of Governors. Just said, no, we're not going to do it. Now, by the way, they spent $88,000 on a search committee, which said that the most qualified candidate was Shiano. Right. So, why did Hobbs not take it back, and why has he not been fired? Well, I don't know either. Okay. Um, I, I don't have the answer to either question. Steve Pickle last night, the Rutgers uh, basketball coach, uh-huh. took up for Hobbs. But there's a lot of pressure on him in the university right now from the boosters and well, former Pickle's players. Thing, look, there's always... Not a, on Pickle, on Hobbs. No, no, but there's always a push and pull between basketball and football. And so Rutgers basketball, if they can become a decent team, can become a basketball school, as I put that up in air quotes. And, and so he doesn't want any competition in there it's a very selfish thing that that coaches have but with Shiano what what I've been hearing is that the high school coaches have been also rallying behind Shiano they have so if this works out there are boosters who have said they will never donate another penny my problem is this was also boosters always say no no there's a couple of the main boosters were Mm -hmm. the guys that brought Shiano in the first time right this is not just a regular coaching search and again I'm not saying Shiano's the guy I, I happen to think as a football coach he's one of the only people who can do it because he knows what it is and apparently they didn't like that when they flew to uh, Ohio to meet with him originally he had like a 200 page critique of the program and the players and told the Hobbs and, and some other people things that they really didn't want to hear or didn't already know about the program mm-hmm. so I don't know like apparently Shiano wasn't on Hobbs original list he was not somebody who he wanted to consider originally. Right. And they got pressure always, from the alumni. Guys always want to bring in their own people. They got pressure from the alumni right. and pressure from the old players. Now, you've done this so publicly that between the way Hobbs fired Ash, allowing players to get out and redshirt for the year and not play, and now the way he's handled Chiano, which had now more players, players enter the transfer the portal, portal you're, you're devaluing the product even more. 
or that's already got very little value. By the way, if you're Arthur Sitkowski, seriously, you're going to make a demand? Exactly what have you done? I'm not saying that he shouldn't anything, right. but, but I was, this is I'm embarrassing. Impar- and so now, no, but see, apparently but they the, might be talking again. Right, and here's the silver lining of this, is that, is that the high school coaches in New Jersey are rallying around him. And if, if Shiano does get this job, he already had these relationships, and now everybody's going to have, there's going to be a vested interest among high school coaches to want New Jersey to succeed as a, co- and I'm saying University of New Jersey, nobody ever says it, we're the only state that, that doesn't have a university of, here's your University of New Jersey, it needs to be successful if you're going to stay in the Big Ten, because it's embarrassing, it really is, I mean, I, I go to games when Michigan plays at Rutgers, and there I is, know you text me a lot at the but scores, there's, but the, it's there's not, nobody there, it's not particularly fun, to, because there's nobody rooting for Rutgers at those games, the students don't come, and, and, and look, you know, when you go to a school like that, part of the fabric of the school is the football games, the sporting events, and things like that. It's just part of the whole rah-rah experience of college, and, and Rutgers is killing it for those kids. Yes. It really is. And, and I'll make your prediction. If Shiano's there, they will have a winning record in two years. I think that's a little bit optimistic. Uh, I'll, I'll make you. But a bet. I would, I would like that. I would, okay. I would. So apparently, they're talking to Shiano again now. Yeah. And I don't know what ends up happening. I mean, look, you don't want boosters running the program. But what happens right? if you? What happens you? if you lose them a second time? How do you look then? Like this is all so uh, public all right, well, right so, now. So I'm going to make this easy for you. How do you look then? You look like Rutgers. It, it's. It, oh, thanks, Jeff. It's. It's not going. It can't. Aren't look you worse. an ego boosted? <laughs> it. It can't. Boy, I'm look glad worse. we could spend the hour together <laughs> <laughs> it really can't look worse so I, I don't see the problem with giving it the old college try one more time I continue to say that it can't look worse with Rutgers mm-hmm. and I continue to find depths that they can go to that I, I never mean, you, thought they'd go you to you had an athletic director where there was chugging beers remember we had a coach lot. that threw basketball players at players <laughs> so yes the Saturday Night Live routine I, that, that, I that still, was great yes uh, it's rivalry weekend in college football yes. I love love Love, love this time of year. Uh, there will be game. nonstop football on uh, since it's this is airing on Friday. I'll tell you now. I've will spent the whole day before watching college and pro football and stuffing my face with turkey. Now mm-hmm. I will have no spent stuffing? all of. Fr- oh yes, all right. I will spend all of Friday watching my college football yeah. and watching these rivalry games. Right. I will spend a lot of Saturday watching college football. I so what's what are your here. favorite rivalry games? Um, Yours. Well, I enjoy like sort of the backyard state brawls. Like yeah. the Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I went, even to, when the I went team, to that game last year. That was crazy. Yeah, like even when the teams aren't yeah. really good, mm-hmm. just the, the animosity between the teams. But, I mean, this year you've got top-ranked teams playing each other. We mentioned Ohio State playing Michigan. Got Alabama playing Auburn. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Minnesota, Wisconsin. You, uh, don't forget Utah, Colorado. I mean, people have not been paying attention, but you got Utah at number six. They are banging on the door. And there's only been what's the last Pac-12 team that's been in there? Washington. I think Utah's got a really good shot to get in. I have they on, they have a good shot to complain that they should be in and not get in. Well, 
I, That's it, what I think is going to happen. Do you think that there's any— Who are they going to jump? Well, if Auburn does beat Alabama, then they're five, and I just—you know, you've got some of these teams playing in their championship games. You never know what happens. I think you're right, though. I think they're in prime position to complain that they should have been in at five. I uh, mean, the, the real— Rutgers plays Penn State this weekend. That should go well. <laughs> well, there's a, there, there's a chance that Penn State's quarterback doesn't play. So they might be able to beat the spread, which I believe is at four. Forty and a half. It's so terrible. <laughs> it's at it's at Penn State though. But I mean, th- there are some interesting games in that. The Ohio State Michigan game is number two versus number ten. But the Ohio State game, in addition to that for the Big Ten, the other side of the bracket is Minnesota Wisconsin. So you have two. You have Minnesota, which is up to number nine. Who saw that before? They had the season? a tough loss. Yep. They, and Wisconsin at number thirteen. The winner of that game plays likely plays Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship and then the question is is whoever wins that game does whoever wins that game make the college football playoff let's say that Minnesota or Wisconsin make that game to play Ohio State Mm -hmm. and Ohio State loses in that game how far would an Ohio State fall do they stay in the top four or does a Utah jump over them or an Alabama jump over them I think Minnesota might jump over them. well Minnesota would definitely jump over them but then well not definitely it's nine they're number nine but at that point they would have beaten Wisconsin so they'll be higher up you would think in those rankings well, they'll have beaten. They would have to beat Florida Wisconsin only and plays, Ohio State. Yeah, Florida only plays Florida State this week. Oklahoma, you know, Florida. Yeah, but Florida, Florida is not going to be in the SEC, and they're not going to be the SEC champion. So I would not, in any way, expect Florida to be a college football playoff team. No, Clemson, unless something miraculous happens, Clemson's not losing to anybody. I wouldn't think so. They're not going to lose to South Carolina this week. Although I think it's at the South Carolina because last year it was at Clemson. Um, and so South Carolina's already. Pulled it up. is at South Carolina. Yeah, so South Carolina already has had one upset this season, um, but I don't see them winning, and I don't. I don't see if it's Virginia who they play in the SEC championship. Baylor plays at Kansas. That. Could you see Matt Rule as a coach that Dallas looks at? Could be. He's close by. Close by. Former NFL t- guy. Yep. Ties. Mm-hmm. Just, just throw that out there. Wonder about that. Uh, former Temple guy too. He is a former Temple guy. Mm-hmm. Jeff, we've got about just under 20 minutes left of the show. You want to get to some other sports and talk a little bit? You want to talk about the Sixers? Sure. Let's talk about the Sixers. Yeah, head. Talk. How Sixers. are you as tall as Joel Embiid and score zero points in a game? What? How are you as tall as Joel Embiid? I'm not as tall as Joel. Embiid. No, but Embiid. somebody as tall as Joel. Embiid. Oh, I How thought you were saying I was score as tall as zero Embiid. points in a game. I can score zero points in a game. I am aware I yeah. can score zero points uh-huh. in a game too. I have he scored zero points in a game. Should not score zero uh-huh. points in a game. At least in a tryout, I did. This is a very Jekyll and Hyde team. They blew the doors off of Miami on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I was out and I walked into a bowling alley out with some friends, and it was on the screen up there, and I had to do a double wait, take wait, wait. of the screen. How'd you do? What was your score? Not well. I broke 100, but that's Bumpers or no bumpers? No bumpers. All right. No bumpers. Way to go. I did okay. All right. Um, Yeah, it was was fun, but you go go up on the the screen (laughs) there, and it's like... 70 to 30 <laughs> like 80 to like 40 in the game right. it was like whoa what's going on here Josh Richardson had his best game as a sixer after sitting out two games which I am 
I have no proof of this, but to me, that might have been some load management going on there, or at least injury management. The Sixers are now 11-6 and six overall. They're 4-6 and six on the road. That's obviously before the Wednesday night game, so they'll have an additional win or loss. Really going to try and get that bad taste out of their mouth against Toronto. They gave that game away late. Mm-hmm. They led for a lot of it. Embiid played terrible. Simmons had... You know, I don't think you put enough emphasis on terrible. It was, uh, it w- it was bad. putrid. And not, not only did he miss every he one of his shots... He was 11 and over He was over 5 from the line. Over 5. And now you tell me how that's happening. I don't get was it. Was he just not interested in playing that day? Did he decide to play load management while in the game? I mean, seriously, there is, and and luckily we will not be physically in the studio this Friday because there is a certain someone who's in the studio who is always giving us a hard time about MB. Oh, he's going to be all over MB. Always, and I am shocked that I have not gotten any text messages from him yet complaining about MB and Simmons. You're probably going to get text messages when this show airs oh. for for us talking about MB. You know what? I, saw, I, I our, our trusty statistician gave me a statement. Do you know that when Matisse Thibel plays more than 12 minutes, the Sixers have only lost one game? Really? I found that very interesting, especially since he hasn't been scoring much. But his defense means so much to this team so early in his career that it is it is having a major impact when he plays big minutes. We talked to Keith on last week's show, Keith Pompey, and you know he, he thought they might lose to the Spurs, but we talked about the inconsistency of this team. Did you see anything this week so far that would change that? The inconsistency? Yeah. No. It's a, this is this is you said it earlier. It's a Jekyll and Hyde team. One day they decide to show up. It just looks like they're not interested. It looks like they've bought their own, uh, you know, promo, and they basically decided we're just going to coast until we get to the playoffs. And it better not be like that also because the fans won't put up with it. Yeah. Uh, the Flyers actually have a, a 4 o'clock Friday afternoon game too. Uh, but I want to talk something else NBA before yeah. we get to the hockey. What do you want to talk about? So the NBA is apparently engaged in serious discussions about dramatic changes to the league calendar. Uh, here we go. That will include reseeding of four conference finalists, mm-hmm. a 30-team in-season tournament, right. and postseason playing discussions are progressing for the 75th anniversary season in 2001 2021 2022 the idea would be they would reduce the regular season from 82 to 78 or 79 what is that gonna do it's gonna allow them to be able to play an in-season tournament like soccer does jeff why tell me your how you really what's what's the reasoning behind that money (laughs) <laughs> That'd be my guess. It's always and the then what happens when they play that and players say they need time off. That's my thing. Like, in the whole point that they have load management issues, you're going to make them carry more of a load. So does that mean the All Star game goes away? I that I have. I assume that you seen, can't I have guess. both. But they, they said that no team would play more than 82 games, except for a few who may play 83. Wait. So so wait wait wait. So if you cut off three or four games, is what you're talking about? Yes. Here, and add an in season tournament. There's yes. 30 teams. Yes. 
that would mean you that the winning four. team would have to play a minimum of six games, right? I don't no? know. I'm bad with math. Don't ask me math Whatever questions it is. on the air. No, no, no. They would have to play, let's say, 32, like 16. They'd have to play four games. Yeah, we're not math majors, guys. Uh, so the play-in proposal, though, right. is two four-team tournaments featuring the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seeds in each conference. The 7th seed would host the 8th seed with the winner of that single game running the 7th spot, league sources said. The ninth seed would host the 10th seed with the winner of that game facing the loser of the 7-8 matchup for the final playoff spot. Are you following me, Jeff? <laughs> Your eyes are glazing over while I tell you these do changes. That is so ridiculous. So you're telling me that one that, that an in-season tournament could determine a year-end playoff seed? No, no, this is um, a separate. There would be an in-season tournament. See, and I'm then already confused. You, you've got me stuff. so confused from this at this point. I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't think anybody's going to have any interest in this. I'm just telling you, the NBA is apparently thinking. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like the MLB trying to make the All-Star game, you know, a game that matters. This time it counts. You, you, you just, you know, you can't do it. You you just have to, they should be focusing on making sure that the games that they currently have are played by their current players instead of them sitting on the sidelines. Anything surprised you so far about the NBA this season as you watched the games? No. Like what, what, what's there to surprise me other than the fact that guys are just aren't playing? I mean, at least the NBA is trying to do something about it by by now telling teams they're going to change the rules in the middle of the season. But what's, what's baffling to me is they're already just changing the terms. So you're not allowed to say load management anymore. So immediately I heard injury management. So what's the difference? How are you going to tell a player to go in if the player is saying that he needs a time off? The union's not going to allow it, right? So how's it going to change? I don't see how this is going to change. The players have to decide whether or not they want to play the 82 games that they're getting paid for because they're getting paid based on playing 82 games. They're not getting paid based on playing 50 or 60. It's all or nothing. And, and they have to decide if they're going to play. And if they're not going to pl play, then start returning checks. You know who's not going to play? Joel Embiid. The Arena Football League. Oh. They filed for Chapter 7. They're ceasing operations. If a tree they had falls. suspended operations. If a tree before. falls in the forest, then nobody hears it. Feel bad for Jaworski. That was like his baby. He oh, well, a lot he's in he's that. got time. Not so he'll money. be he'll be fine. The, the, no, but the, like he believed in that, and I admire that. He tried to make it work. He did, but it was it was it was a sinking ship. What do you think happens you to cannot, the players? You think some of them tried to go to like the he XFL tried putting now, flex seal on it? Just didn't work. <laughs> you don't think that's going to work for him? No, it, it was a sinking <laughs> ship. I mean, he tried putting more teams in the league so that the, they were down to four teams. So all of a sudden, the Atlantic City Aces or whatever they were called, Black what, what were they called? The Blackjacks. The Blackjacks? Yeah. Well, what a, <laughs> they put that team in Atlantic City? Did anybody go to those games? Some people. You, there were actually p fans there? A few. Okay. All right. It wasn't an empty arena, but it wasn't a full <laughs> arena either. Let's talk some flyers. I think you're being kind. You were down at the game on Monday night. Yes. What was the atmosphere like down there? I thought it was great. I, I mean, look, this team is starting to be exciting, and people really want to see Morgan Frost. I mean, he really does seem to be the real deal. He's a real stick handler. I mean, he's – the young players are starting to get people's interest. I was just going to say that. Carter Hart is the real Deal. The the young kids are getting people excited. Mm -hmm. It's the 
for years, the Flyers have recycled names who have been in and out of the organization. They've recycled players that you've heard about around the league, never really finding that balance with youth that other teams found. It, it seems like, and look, people may look at Ron Hextall differently a few years from now if a few of these guys pan out the way it looks like. I mean, well, it's kind of like what happened with Giles, right? Yeah, I mean, you got Oscar Lindblom now playing very good hockey. Mm-hmm. You've got Frost. I mean, by the got, way, I meant Ed Wade for the Phillies. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's sort of what happens mm-hmm. with everything. You know, history judges you differently when there's time to let things actually develop. And right. you're starting to see some depth in this system uh, that they haven't had in a long, long time. Uh, well, but he, here's the deal. Now the depth is here. So now they have to perform. Now, I mean, it was, I thought it was a gutsy and smart move to put Morgan Frost on the jury line. Instead of making him struggle to succeed, putting him on a fourth line, putting him on that line right away, it's paid off dividends early. You've gotten to see some of the amazing moves he can make that that are highlight real type moves. I think it was a really smart move to do that. It seemed like it. I mean, look, for the longest time, Flyers fans, myself included, have uh, complained about the slow starts that this team has gotten off to over the past five Novembers. They were 23, 29, and 14. This month they're seven, two, and four. They're the there's only one NHL team that has more points than the Flyers in November. That's the Stars, who are ten, zero, and one. They've got points in eleven of their last thirteen games. So I mean, they're you know they're giving up some goals late, which is concerning. Where they play really well during the game and they give up that late goal, and then it just seems like they're always in overtime. They're always in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they go to overtime, there's a lot. I mean, it was of nice of them not to go to overtime in the game I was at. So yeah, they, they I was pretty happy. They won that one yeah. in regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one concern: What is going on with Shane Gostaspair? I don't know. He's lost. You know, as a player mentally right now, um, he seems like he's really struggling to find himself and his game and and his role. Uh, his confidence seems shaken if you hear he, him talk in conversation. He might be a guy who just doesn't fit into this kind of system. I mean, he might be. I've always thought that Gossesphere is more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy. He's been a healthy scratch for three games now for Robert Haig. So the question is, is, is he somebody that's going to be a trade chip at the deadline? for them to get something that they need. But don't you need to boost his value before you trade him then? Try and put him out there? Are you devaluing him? I I think that people know what his talent, his skill set is. And if you are a coach who believes that he fits into your particular system, then I think that people will pull the trigger and still want him. Well, I hope people keep going. The Flyers play this afternoon while we're on the air at 4 o'clock. Go Flyers. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens when we're back on the air next week with that. Let's talk a little union for a second. Lots a of extra time. Lots of changes mm-hmm. uh, on this team. Some things I just did not expect. So they didn't lose any players in the expansion draft, but Harris Madunian well, but th- th- was selected by FC Cincinnati right. in the waiver draft. Right. And I know you have some questions about that. Uh, well, I mean, look, all we heard at the end of the season was how Harris Madunian was the most accurate passer in the game. 
And if you look at his statistics, that's what it showed. He seemed to be a guy. I mean, he was out there all the time. He was Mr. Reliable. And I, I don't understand why he's the guy that they decided to leave available. I was surprised by that one. That uh, That's, to me, the most shopping, shocking of all the moves. Austin Trusty was moved to the Colorado Rapids for $300,000 in 2020 money, $300,000 in 2021 money, and $150,000 in general money. Uh, Fafa Pico was traded this week to FC Dallas for three hundred seventy-five yeah, thousand. He just, you know, he had some dazzling moves. He did have some he dazzling moves, but though. I don't think that he totally fit in with the the formation that the coach was using in terms of a four-four-two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had seen somebody say that they thought that Ernest Tanner, the general manager, sort of thought that last year would be a transition year, but the team played better. And if you if you have that mindset, you look a lot a lot of the moves that they've made people they haven't renewed the people that are still under contract the money that Tanner now has I believe he's got like 1.4 million dollars in general allocation money to spend for this year alone you know what's amazing you say that that like that's a lot of money and you look at other sports and you go that's, that's for soccer nothing. salaries it's huge well but it's got to have to be bigger than that if, if you're going to want to grow the game and 1.4 million dollars for a whole bunch of people doesn't seem like a lot of money they have 12 players guaranteed for 2020 Brendan Two Harrison goalies yeah uh andre blake jack elliott jack devries matt freeze raymond gaddy casper shabilko uh ali bedoya sergio santos cole turner kai wagner and andre andrew wooten um this team's gonna look really really different next year when it goes on the field yeah but it's gonna have some of the i mean the key pieces are gonna be back as long as bedoya the captain is back you have aronson who's gonna be another year older and hopefully a little more muscular so he'll be able to take the punishment. You have Prisbilko, Shabilko, who is, you know, by far their best goal scorer. So you have, and, and Wagner on defense. So as long as you have those guys, and, and don't forget Jack Elliott. I mean, I would actually, I'm hoping he's back, but Jack has had such a good season. I would not be surprised if he decides to return home and play in Europe. I hope not. I That'd hope be not a either. big loss for but, this team. But, you know, that's that's one of the things we kept hearing was that, that Jack Elliott played so well that he might have opened the door to being able to play in Europe. We've got about two minutes left on the show. Uh, didn't get to mention it last week to you. Um, we follow the Phillies a lot. Phillies named Joe Dillon as their next hitting coach. He's a former Nationals assistant hitting coach. Uh, Dillon worked with Kevin Long, who spent seven seasons as Joe Girardi's coach as the, on the Yankees. How do you feel about the staff that Girardi's put together so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. You just wanted Jim Tomey. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I did want Jim Tomey, and, and I, I know a, you're S now I'm, after three years together. <laughs> I'm. I'm assuming that that Bryce Harper is enthusiastic about this. I would uh, think so. And as long as Bryce Harper is enthusiastic about it, then I'm enthusiastic about it because that that's what's important. I think that Harper um, needs to be able to be comfortable playing the way that he can play, like he did the second half of the season, and I'm hoping that that also rubs off on Reese Hoskins going back to the form that he had before they messed him up this year. Rumors about potential uh, Madison Baumgartner 
Philly's looking at him. Is that a pitcher you have any interest in? Sure, but I don't think it. Cha- I don't think it changes the team enough. They obviously need to make another big splash. They need to make a couple big splashes. I mean, one of the other things I heard was the potential of Chris Bryant coming here. Chris Bryant was a. a he's a very close friend of, of Bryce Harper's. He tried to get Bryce to come to Chicago. The question is whether or not the Phillies could pull the trigger and get him here. It would definitely be something that's interesting to watch. They did sign infielder Josh Harrison this week to a minor, to a minor deal, deal. Yeah. invited him to spring training. Uh, he's very friendly with McCutcheon, mm-hmm. so I wonder about that. If if that's not, I mean, that's not going to move the needle. Where, uh, where is he going to play? He's so just going to be a bench guy. We are going to, in the coming weeks, we're going to cover Army-Navy a little bit coming up, mm-hmm. right, Jeff? That and, and, and one other thing, because we got preempted for an hour because of the Villanova basketball game, and congratulations to Villanova for winning that, or, or playing in that in tournament, the finals, but, but winning they... the game to get there. Um, if you didn't get a chance, go on our website, go to uh, iTunes, all the other stuff, and listen to the Rocky Blyer in- interview. It was an amazing interview. That's going to be the last word. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.